day of summer. Just me and Wilson. We took a little hiatus from the international recording studios known as Big Isle. <laughs> and now we're sitting in my living room at 9 a.m., yes. drinking coffee, eating donuts, and also have a little bottle of whiskey right in front of us. Fabulous. And for the second week in a row, we are joined by a four-legged friend. We are. Remy, we are. say hello. Oh, she's now, she, now she's quiet. Now, now she's quiet. Now she's, she now she's passed earlier. out underneath the table, sitting on my feet, and just like, <laughs> Daddy, throw me a bone. <laughs> but it is the first day of summer, and welcome to the Key in the Lake podcast, the summer edition. Hey, I, world. I think this, uh, the summertime and our name maybe makes sense together. If the, if the nice weather comes to Chicago. If, if it arrives. I think um, it's, this is promising. First day of summer, and it's what... 67 degrees outside, maybe. Nice mm. breeze off the lake, actually. From what I've heard, it's warm. <laughs> <laughs> this is warm, actually. Awesome. Oh, there you go, Remy. What are you doing? Yeah. Cute, quiet dog. She's like um, more audience-like now. Definitely. Well, Wilson and I had a slight cancellation, so we had to adjust to this 9 a.m. meeting, but yeah. that's okay. We'll, uh, we're not going to say who the guest is or anything like that. We have already worked yeah, it we'll out, the it, reschedule. So keep it on a DL for now. They had some you know, just uh, work emergency stuff they had to take care of. We totally understand. So it's just going to be Wilson and myself on the mics today. Uh, myself is Jake Hookie. I didn't announce my name, but I usually don't, so that's kind of how it goes. But you know, the world knows my apartment now. We'll take some few photos, post them up online, I'll post my address, my phone number, everything. You can come out here and just say hi to me anytime you want to over in Lakeview. <laughs> it is welcoming, like, almost like if you were in Iowa. I have to give all the credit to my fiance, so um, <laughs> I had nothing to do about any of this except for all the clutter. Where is a young Brittany these days? She is stuck in New York right now. Uh, yeah, after traveling three straight weeks to New York, uh, she traveled to New York this past week while I was in Los Angeles for work yeah. and San Diego. And then she got stuck there overnight last night, and she just texted me, and now she's stuck in Atlanta because they just missed her connection. Uh, yeah, so it's a fun travel day for her. <sighs> yeah, girl. I know. So she's she was shooting a, uh, I think they were shooting a promo or commercial for mm-hmm. a Jim Beam. Yeah, so. I noticed the uh, posting on her uh, Insta. Yeah. Um, it actually looks pretty cool. It looks almost very, I don't know if the concept is proper, or I'm right, but it seems like they're going taking like a blue collar approach mm. and putting a spin on it. Which I think is so. Cool. Yeah, I think it's all about chill. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, so oh, hey, there hey, she Remy. Is. hey, Rem. Come here, Bubba. Um, yeah. So it's, it looks actually pretty cool um, from what she's shared. Um, but aside from that, you know, because she's in her travels and she's stuck, let's have a, let's have a port to that. Yeah, definitely. We. Cheers, first of Cheers. all. Cheers. Cheers to you, Remy. Cheers, Remy. This is uh, Westward. Um, this is their American single malt. So kind of what's going on. <gasps> Remy, come on. Yeah. Bye-bye. Quiet. Uh, what's happening with, um, with the Westward is they're joining the whole single malt train. They're out of um, uh, Portland. We're the leaving dog, off. Dog, We're uh, about to sip on um, um, some Westward. They're okay. American single malt. They're from Portland, Oregon. They're on the same portfolio manager uh, with Starward. So they actually kind of get lumped in. We get lumped in together as the same company because our branding is a little bit different, but the the Ward part of it kind of <laughs> brings people in. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, also okay. with the single malts, too. Um, yeah. Both having single malts, we kind of get thought of as the same company. But nope, they're out of uh, Portland, and they do some amazing work. They basically craft everything like they're making a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, they distill it, obviously. Their new make is terrific. 
Oh, so tasty. Yeah. And then they barrel age it um, like a bourbon. Um, so, but it's a sing- American single malt, and they're trying to basically do everything that's happening with American single malts, trying to follow all the categories that they're trying to establish as law and make this really nice, delicious whiskey. This is fucking delicious. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's it's an eighty dollar bottle of whiskey, but there's a reason for it. Yeah, um, with course. all the precious grains, the precious um, take that approach they take on yeah. producing the whiskey, barrel aging it for a longer period of time. I think they do almost five years, I want to say, um, barrel aging. I'm not totally sure um, exactly, but they're great people. Um, they have an Australian running their uh, <laughs> brand ambassador across the country. That's so, awesome. yeah, it's kind of funny. But we're, we work a lot together, um, do a lot of relationships, and their brand ambassador is Australian, work, living in America, working for an American uh, distillery, and I'm an American ambassador for an Australian company. So our owners of our company joke that they're going to both quit, and then we're going to take over and confuse everybody <laughs> entirely. As an Australian's running the company for an American distillery, and Americans running a company as an, as an Australian distillery. You mentioned that the new make is it's a beer base. It's almost yeah. as if so they take a beer and then they distill it. What kind of beer is it? Does it start off? Do you know by any um, chance? Or? I mean, it's all single malt, so it's, oh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's just more like in the style of like how you would really approach a beer if you're making if you're brewing gotcha, it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, um, based on okay. the fermentation. Um, yeah, and the mash um, and all that good stuff. Gotcha. Um, their new make is like really tropical and tasty. It's really? a very similar to uh, Co- or not Cobalt, um, the Star Ward. Uh, the Nova? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's interesting how Chris Dunn and the, uh, I can't, the other owner escapes my mind. Um, and then Dave with Star Wars, they do a very, very similar approach to mash fermentation and mm-hmm. also uh, temperature levels and alcohol by volume when approaching to the barrel. So I actually have some similar taste in the new make, but since the grain is a little bit different um, based on the worlds they come from and obviously the maturation process, one being yeah. in Portland, one being in Australia, is completely different um, after it goes through those pr- approaches. And they, bourbon, they, they age it like a bourbon. We age it with red wine barrels. So, so they use, obviously use bourbon barrels instead then? Mm-mm. No? New American Oak. New American Oak. Yeah, charred. It's, they barrel age it following the laws of bourbon, though. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so really great guys, great company. Um, they'll be definitely uh, approaching all throughout the states here to come. Very um, cool. Do a good gin as well. It goes well yeah. with the coffee. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's an expensive bottle. Um, yeah. You know, it's an $80 <laughs> bottle, but um, makes an awesome highball, too. <laughs> so if you want to have a $20 highball at a bar, um, I, I would say go with the Westward. You know, it's so funny, but I've, I've resulted to highballs as of the last month now. That's what we're trying to bring to the States. I just, I love highballs. Yeah, it's, it's something that I was so shocked, not shocked, but just... Um, it was two of the main cultural differences when it comes to drinking that I yeah. noticed a lot in Australia was the highball approach, mm-hmm. um, both tonics uh, and also with sodas too, um, or just a nice soda. But yeah, it just kind of like, this is something different we do. We yeah. really love highballs. We really love good boilermakers, as we talked uh, an episode or two ago yeah. about um, the cultural differences when it comes to drinking in Australia versus America. But highballs are so simplistic. Yes. Everyone can do it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you have to get the, the correct measurements and everything because you don't want to um, put too much of like a tonic in or too much of a soda and dilute the whiskey yeah. and the flavor. You want to create, create the right match to have the positive pairing. Yeah. But it's so easy and it it's refreshing. It is very easy, and I agree. I mean, it just, it just sets it it sets it off right. You mm-hmm. dig what I'm saying? I mean, you don't. sometimes you don't want a cocktail. Yeah. You want something that you – not crush – but just really give you that refreshing, instant refreshing sensation and then a nice 
something that as it dilutes, it, it even tastes good too after it dilutes a little bit. Yeah, definitely. It's it's, like. it's almost like drinking a nice low ABV beer, like like yeah, IPA or yeah, or a blonde. Yeah. Shut up to beguile. Shut up to bees. <laughs> even though we aren't there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's kind of in that. I get it when you're saying that way. Like, I had a highball the other night um, at a bar drinking an event and just like probably three sips, it was gone. <laughs> and yeah. my coworker's like. You were thirsty like that? And I'm like, <laughs> more thirsty than anything, but just a long day of walking around. You I know? hear you. But so yeah, I love the fact that it's crushable. It's, I mean, depending on what, you know, mm-hmm. whiskey you do. What was, like, when you, in your travels, um, is tonic more the what's used mm. to soda would, and or call it a ginger ale here? I would say here? probably soda, because a lot of it is based on Japanese pairings. Okay. And Japanese, like, like Suntory, they really approach their eyeballs. <laughs> You could hear Remy going under the table, <laughs> crawling into her hole. Um, they approach it with a soda um, okay. that, in that sense. And uh, with a Toki is their main one, trying to sell those highball machines as well across yeah. the country and across the world. Mm-hmm. It was funny. I was uh, in San Diego this past week for a couple of days and doing work. And every a lot of accounts we go to, there are a lot of Japanese accounts. There are a lot of sushi, sushi mm-hmm. accounts. And then um, Japanese whiskey as it's become more prevalent across the world. And the same thing is happening there. Nice. And every place I went into, I feel like they had a little bit of like a Japanese vibe to it. Um, they're like, oh, yeah, Suntory is just in here pitching us a highball machine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I can pitch you a very simplistic highball, uh, not necessarily a highball machine, but no machine some... inqu- uh, needed. Yeah. yeah. But, um, it, was, it was cool to see, uh, I would say definitely soda over um, soda water over tonic. Over tonic. But tonic, I mean, if you find the right whiskey, like with, with, with the Nova, it's just such a great pairing. And I actually mm-hmm. did a. I mistakenly ordered a Westward and Tonic. Um, oh. So I was in New York two weeks ago. We were doing some um, promotional pitches together, Westward and Starward. And the day before, uh, one of my um, one of our reps who reps both the companies, he got some Westward and uh, Soda. And I was like, oh, this is really refreshing. Okay. I was kind of fighting a hangover the entire day. So like at one <laughs> thirty, having your first cocktail was like the best thing ever. I'm like, I thought maybe I just had a headache. No, apparently I live a hangover because it went right away after that first sip or two. Oh, I love um, it. Yeah, right. And so I had that. And the next night um, I was at a bar and ordered uh, a Westward highball um, with another rep who reps the companies. And the, the bartender's like, yeah, you can have one. I'm like, okay. And just they're staring at me. And I'm like, please? <laughs> And I'm like, oh, so you're just a typical Brooklyn douchebag. Um, but <laughs> shout out to Brooklyn. I love you. Shout out to BK. <laughs> um, but uh, I actually do love Brooklyn, but that guy was weird. And he was like, what's that? So he asked me what a highball was. I'm like, oh, okay. How are you tending bar but not sure what a highball is? I'm like, oh. And so I just was thinking I was ordering a Star Warden tonic because that's mm-hmm. one of our main cocktails. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll have it with, with tonic. And I forgot I was ordering Westward. Gotcha. And I think they did with a little bit of a lime um, garnish on it, too, or lemon garnish. Lemon garnish? Yeah. Love it. And it was better, I thought, with the tonic than it was the soda water. It was like, oh, my gosh, this is way tastier. You know, and that's the thing, too. Um, I've seen more and more tonics coming out that you're just not your regular tonic anymore. Yep. No. Now you've got an aromatic tonic. You've got a lemon bitter tonic, uh, an Indian tonic. Uh, I've seen several new grapefruit versions of tonic yeah. out in the market now. Um, and what's interesting is that there's a tint to mm. the actual tonic itself. So I don't think, I wouldn't say color coordinated, but it does kind of give you, when you pour it with uh, spirit of choice, you're like, man, it does make you wonder, what are they drinking? Mm-hmm. And f- I'm sure people get shocked the shit out of when there's like, oh, it's just whiskey and tonic. Yeah. 
And yeah. I think in whiskey and tonic is not a usual combination. No. I mean, everybody thinks gin and tonic. Gin and tonic, um, for sure. First uh, and foremost, vodka tonics. Vodka tonics, but, uh, yeah. but nothing with like actually using a good whiskey, a good Correct. brown spirit, mm-hmm. and making that with a tonic. A lot of people would say, well, that dilutes it. You know, or it doesn't make. It does, but do you think it goes against those purists then? Beliefs were like, oh, you shouldn't put anything in your whiskey if it's an $80 <laughs> bottle. I mean, maybe. I mean, I, I get, I, I would understand like what someone's like, hey, I don't want to go buy $80 and make a cocktail with it or maybe like one cocktail why not uh, just because it's spending i mean if you really want to enjoy and savor the whiskey I, I get that but for me it's also like well you're not gonna drink the entire bottle in one night no well, <laughs> i assume not unless you're enjoying it with a lot of good friends Correct. which is possible, which then, is I, possible. then i then i get that yeah. but with uh um with something like this yeah you can drink half the bottle but you could do an ounce and a half pour and yeah. make a cocktail one time and mm-hmm. see if you like it and then like, oh, that was really good. And then experiment with like a cheaper bottle, you know, like true. That, so true. I, I it's, find your happy place. With yeah, it. absolutely. Yeah. There's a way for you to like search out methods of trying whiskey without using expensive whiskey as well, yeah. or starting with expensive whiskey and then working your way down. Well, because I, I mean, what also comes into play is what I've often have advised people to do when they're new to whiskey is like have cocktails with whiskey in it, as we've we've talked yeah. before on the show, where, you know. Just have different variety of uh, rye whiskey cocktails, bourbon whiskey cocktails, um, single malt cocktails, and so on and so forth. You'll find to learn your palate. You'll find to learn to ask your bartenders is what we've always you know preached on the on mm-hmm. the show as well, and get to learn what your um, taste is. And then when you go out and spend money, all right, this eighty dollar bottle is strictly mm-hmm. for sipping or for sharing, and then this is to make highballs. Now. Here's another thing that I'm sure people were probably wondering. Highball. Let's talk them through this highball. Yeah. Is it in a Collins glass proper, or are you just calling it a highball and it's in a double old-fashioned glass? Um, we actually do stemless wine glasses. Oh. Yeah, I but like I would say uh, most popular ordered is or bars, they do it in a Collins glass, okay. which I, I actually like that a little bit better. I like the Collins glass as well. Yeah, I like the, like the flavors to really like fall down into each other. I agree. But a well wine said. glass can do that too. Um it's just kind of presentation. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit differences when it comes to glassware. That's true. There's true, and there's probably and there's probably reason behind them. I mean, right now, yeah, we're, drinking we're, we're sipping out of glass. the stainless glass, and I actually enjoy it because I've actually get a better nose. Yeah, I mean, so, it kind of works in a way as like a nice snifter. Yeah. So yeah, a get Glencairn glass. Yeah, definitely. Because the Glencairn glass, I enjoy as well. I mean, it's traditionally what is used mm-hmm. for tastings and whatnot. But I think for something. Like this, what we're sipping on, mm-hmm. it just allows it to really breathe more, and you actually get to see more. Actually, yeah, you know, absolutely. How it, the legs on it, how it coats. You're right about the coffee too. This like really brings out like a really yeah. good like chocolatey caramel really taste too. Beautiful deep tone to it. I love dark roast coffees, mm-hmm. and I'm having a regular medium roast right now. That's a dark roast for you. You're having a dark yeah. roast, and this brings out it takes it to a new level. Mm-hmm. But I also get beer in this. Mm-hmm. Like a brown ale. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what they're and the the owners were brewers um, by trade, like so many distillers are, and they kind of wanted to take the belt, both the best worlds from what they um, what they've yeah. known and what they wanted to do, and brought it into this. So yeah, it's uh, definitely a high it's quality. Good. Their next, I'm not, I won't say what their next spirit is because I'm not sure if they've officially announced what it's going to be, gotcha. but it's coming out very soon, and it's kind of based around beer uh, much like more. It. Yeah, I, was, I tried a little sample of it, and mm. it's pretty tasty. Oh. Can't imagine all that, you know. And also, what brings up two to mind in regards to the highballs here in Chicago, 
the cocktail scene has been on fire for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. More and more, especially now, this time of year, first day of summer, finally. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it carries through. But our rooftops are just popping up more and more. Yeah. Patios are popping up more and more. The investment in that space that we're only going to use for 50 days <laughs> <laughs> is amazing. Now, where have you been? I've only seen this once, with mm-hmm. all due respect to all 5,000 bars and restaurants in Chicago City proper. One stands out that actually has a highball Mm. on their menu and you choose from a variety of call it three whiskeys really and that's and that's fountainhead oh really i know they even did that on wednesdays oh okay huh. six dollar highballs and you choose one oh, that's of right yeah, yeah three whiskeys yeah so it, it makes me wonder if it's so simple is it that is it that much more attractive or is it the price uh, I mean, both. I mean, obviously, a highball shouldn't be too expensive because no. you're just using tonic or soda. I mean, obviously, you're using like Q Fever Tree um, mm-hmm. or our friends over uh, uh, at uh, um, with George. Oh, oh Top Note. Top Note. Um, sorry about that. You're, if you're using a good tonic, I mean, but still, it's. I mean, they're probably paying. I don't know, like fifty cents to a dollar for a bottle. Yeah, so it's like yeah. it shouldn't be that expensive um, to make it. So the price is definitely there, but mm-hmm. I think. It's an overlooked cocktail, like at least right. in Chicago, and like maybe the classics. I, I think all. I mean, like, I just explained that story with the guy in New York, the bartender, mm-hmm. didn't even know what a highball was. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's being an asshole. I don't know. Possibly because he knows it's just he not was what he wants to make. Or? He was like, I would say, probably Scandinavian. Okay, but like a hint of an accent, so definitely I lived in America for a long time. Okay. Um, Scandinavian, um, put me in that place. What? I'm not very good at geography. Oh, no- Norway, oh, okay. Finland, that area up there. So uh, Norway. Norway, yeah. Yeah, I think I'll listen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what your reference is. That. You'll catch up with the news soon enough. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Did someone get beheaded again in Nor- from the Nor- Norwegian? I don't want to get into the politics on a Friday. I love okay. Fridays. So. Gotcha. Um, no, it's so... Maybe it's just a. I think the simplicity of it kind of overlooks it. I mean, because so many bartenders these days. I just had a conversation with somebody who was a bartender, now has a company, mm-hmm. and they're like, "I'm so fucking sick and tired of this mixology bullshit." You know, like give me a three, four step cocktail. Like I don't want to sit there and look at you making a cocktail for ten minutes. <laughs> and this is a person who was a bartender yeah. four years, yeah. and now. Uh, is a partial owner of a distillery. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And it's just like, I, I, I never got into it. I was all about simple cocktails. And mm-hmm. I worked at, guys like, I worked at Dive Your Places, but whatever. You know, at the same time, like, make me a really good cocktail. Mm-hmm. Make it simplistic and don't charge me $25 for it. And we've right. hit that point so many times over and over again. Yeah. And I think, honestly, it's probably like the simplicity. Um, also, the people at Fountainhead just know what they're doing really well. Very and well. And they curate towards their audience. They know who their, true. their clientele is. It's a very good point. Yeah, yeah so it's like, a very good point. Whereas if you would do that um, in a little bit more of like a ritzier part of town, I guess, mm-hmm. if you want to say, or just kind of a more populated part of town, and you're also involving tourists in that too, yeah. they're probably going to charge $12 for that, which isn't bad. Right. $12 for a cocktail is just fine for this city. I think yeah. that's a good price point. I think it's a beautiful medium price But if someone sees like a cocktail with like mezcal and scotch and mm. like three other ingredients and like, they're like, well, that sounds interesting and yeah. I should try that. And you should try that. If it sounds interesting, you should try it. You should try it, absolutely. Um, so I think it's a lot of the simplicity to it. Mm. I think it's also bars <laughs> getting a little too... Um, gregarious if you will an mm-hmm. approach to I want to make really cool stuff I want to stand out I want to be different and try this you yeah know? 
You know what? This is how you stand out. Yeah. Make a really good fucking old fashioned. <laughs> yeah. Make a very tasty Manhattan. Yeah. Make a very good martini. Good Negroni. Make good Negronis. Yeah. Keep the classics classic. Do them well. Yeah. No fucking riffs of yeah. any sort unless you're doing a fucking competition. Yep. You know, to gain some notoriety for yourself. <laughs> you know, pay respect to our past. Yeah. Pay respect to our fat. And then along the way, I think we've lost track of that tradition or the intent behind those classic cocktails, mm. which was to get a taste of everything, to enjoy the simplicity that yep. booze can bring into your life in your hand, you know, and save the pageantry for a more proper time. Yeah, I guess. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with it either. No. It's a time and place. Because we both love innovation. We do love both. We do love innovation. I just don't like innovation when it takes away from uh, the actual experience. Yeah, and takes away the money out of your pocket because yeah. you're using so many different ingredients. It's yeah. like, this might taste great, but... It'll taste phenomenal. Yeah. But I'm like, but is it worth $20? Is it worth tw- is it worth $25? $25. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 a big, it's a big question right there. I was and just talking to a bartender in L.A. two days ago. Um, shout out to Leo, uh, who works at Kohl's, which is a really cool, like... One step below the ground, uh, old school little bar. Allegedly made the first French dip sandwich in the world. So what? Yeah, definitely. Um, they've kind of like turned us like, like kind of like old school place into. You walk in there, you would not think like, hey, they have the bar program that they do. This dude makes awesome cocktails, but yeah. it's all four cocktails. And when I was nice. approaching him about our product, he thought I was like trying to sell him like a really high end whiskey that was going to cost you know. Uh, like over, probably, I would say he probably thought over sixty five dollars. Wow! Um, and he didn't think I want to make cocktails with it. And he kind of like gave me that whole spiel right there. It's like what well, American yeah. classics. We yeah. do this. We, and he's very straightforward. Very like just yeah. kind of like in your face and uh, aggressive, but like in a nice way. Like very just straight straightforward. Honestly, mm-hmm. what we want from people when we're trying to sell yeah. whiskey. And I'm like, he's, I let him go. I'm like, dude, you just described our company to a T. It's like awesome. It's a thirty seven dollar bottle for you to buy as a bar, mm-hmm. which is a little pricier. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Still good price. It's not bad. Still good price for something that comes from across the pond. Man. Exactly. Good point. And like we specialize in making cocktails. We want to. Do, we want people to experience our product in the various ways as they can, and as awesome. many various ways as they can. And uh, simple cocktails with the highballs, or an old fashioned, yeah. or a Manhattan. That's what we do. Make yeah. it. Make it your way. It, or with yeah. coffee. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. Seriously, it's fucking delicious. But we do, uh, yeah, like Mr. Black um, from Australia as well. Yeah. We partner with them because they're also on our portfolio as well, and they're oh, Australian. Cool. Yeah, okay. so yeah, I did not know they were yeah. Australian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sweet. Uh, dude, and su- sweetest dudes ever too. Um, yeah, so Westward, Mr. Black, and us are all in the same portfolio here okay. in the states to be sold. That's really um, cool. Yeah, and so they slump us in together a lot because we're both Australian. <laughs> 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 um, shout out Tom. What's up, Tom? He's the owner. He's what up, cool Thomas? Dude. Cool dude. Um, we just met him in. Standing in line for a food truck in New York, and he's like, "Are you Jake?" I'm like, "Yeah, who are you?" <laughs> Tom, <laughs> Mr. Black. And I'm, I'm like, Tom, Mr. Black. I'm like, "Oh, sweet, what's up?" What and food it, truck was it? Uh, I don't remember. Is that a? I was gonna ask. Is that Fat a, Kid Friday? It was, everybody, it was, just it was, so you know. uh, it was a Thai food truck. I remember <sighs> that? I just it was good. Uh, Thai food truck? Yeah, it was at an event. So oh, yeah. okay, it's yeah. interesting. Um, but yeah, so yeah, <laughs> actually, we do. But we do a lot of. Uh, they have. What Mr. Black is, is yeah. a, um, I'm just promoting all the Redwood brands right now. So shout out to Redwood. <laughs> there you um, go. What up, Josh? What up, Georgie? Well, uh, well uh, done. Well yeah, done. So um, they do um, uh, cold brew uh, coffee liqueur, nice. which is delicious. And so we do a lot of uh, old fashions with that. So it's just two 
simple or four simple steps of mm-hmm. uh, Nova, Cole, or Mr. Black, and then we like to use some chocolate bitters, some orange bitters, and an orange peel garnish. But it's freaking delicious. I almost, I was like, you had me <laughs> all the way, and then I'm thinking, I, I must have had, I believe it's a, a mocktail okay. with that cold brew. Oh, really? Tonic, well, lime. The cold brew's alcoholic. Alcohol, oh, alcohol has alcohol in it. It's, it's not an cold alcohol. Brew, Mr. Black is. Alcoholic. Yeah, it's a it's a, co- it's a cold brew it's coffee a cold liqueur. Brew. Okay, yeah. okay. My bad. I was thinking cold brew straight up cold brew. Yeah. So I wasn't thinking about. I mean, they have, they they do roast it as like a coffee, right? And so like, that's one of the owners. And backgrounds. then of course yeah. you know they turn it into the cure after that. Yeah. Okay. No, but you you had me all the way. So it's chocolate bitters and orange bitters. That's what we've done with it. A little spicy chocolate nice. bitters, um, chocolate bitters to it. It's really nice. That like kind of really brings out like the sweetness to it. Um, yeah. Well, or really complements the sweetness to it, and like the or- there's orange characteristics in both the Nova and Mister Black. Mm-hmm. So having that ar- uh, orange garnish and the orange bitters really like pops it out nice and uh, not in an intense way though. See, that's the thing. Okay, now and I guess because um, it's Friday, it's Fat Kid Friday in my mind. We already had donuts. We had donuts. We had some West um, Word. We had some coffee. And we're we're talking whiskey. We're talking cocktails. Did you have an, Did you have some OJ and bourbon before? No, actually. Okay, I so did I was going to make the quadfecta no, if it was no, the case. No, I didn't do that. Um, I didn't do that because I knew we were going to have something here and I didn't want to spoil the palate. Um, <laughs> but everything that you just mentioned in your travels from from the East Coast to the West Coast, from the West Coast, obviously, to Australia <laughs> and back several, two, three times within the last two, three weeks. Month. Um, <laughs> a month. Is there one thing that really stood out to you that you feel or fueled? inspired mm. or brought an idea that you would like to bring for star word here in, in this market. I mean, definitely starting with the highballs, which we've definitely sat on already. And then we spoke a, just a touch on it. Um, on the last few episodes it was, uh, the boilermakers. Um, they love to pair great whiskey and great beer together. Mm-hmm. And it's not in your sense of a boilermaker that people think of like dropping a shot of <laughs> <Yeah>. Jack and do <laughs> a lager um, and then chugging it, uh, which you could do, I yeah, guess. I mean, that's I on you. Uh, However you know. have yeah. it. However fine. you enjoy yeah. it, please enjoy it your way. Um, <laughs> just uh, go all out with it, my friends. But no, it's uh, it, those, are, those are the two main differences. And I think we talked about it as well. They use a lot of juices. And I've seen a lot of juices being used in New York. I think it's a trend that's kind of like already fading out there. I don't gotcha. know if it's took on too much and i saw a little bit in california which makes so much sense because all the fruit the fresh fruit there yeah um so i saw a little bit in san diego um didn't notice it in la but um it could just be the bars i was at for mm. sure but boilermakers are this the one thing i think that we could take so much advantage of here in the states yeah. um with our products so much great whiskey is being created here um sold here on various levels from craft all the way up to the big guys gotcha. and there's amazing beers every corner i mean like we're yeah. like we're like europe back in the day where you have a brewery on every in your little neighborhood <laughs> it's like we have like down the street is dry hop and they're opening a second location right next to it it's like i'm gonna have two That's freaking crazy. craft breweries like literally within a block away from me and it's gonna be awesome like never see jake again yeah probably not i'm eating flatbread pizza and uh, <laughs> and burgers and drinking sips over there for the rest of my life, I guess. I don't have to leave my neighborhood anymore. <laughs> you know, you touched on the uh, the, f- the use of fresh juices, and I'm sh- and I'm sure there's quite a few places here in Chicago that that does that as mm-hmm. well. Um, would it be disrespectful to say that a, a good majority of those places is when there is a combination of what well, is not just a cocktail bar, it's actually a cocktail small plate or 
attached to a restaurant type because there mm. are some cocktail menus out there that are part of a restaurant or restaurant group. So because there's an executive chef involved to pay homage to that experience of well-done food, you wouldn't want to deter away from that by using some concentrated thing or anything like that. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's concentrated juice. Um, I mean, it's definitely something that's fresh from a company or they squeeze, or they their, squeeze it themselves. Yeah, I'm right. sure there's I mean, there, like I said, I no disrespect to yeah. anyone out there who uses fresh juices. I've just noticed when you are able to really watch the cocktail be made, I've been able to see more of it because it is attached to an idea that the chef either mm. brought to their um, to their uh, attention or fa- it falls in line with part of the, ex- the food experience if it's part of a food experience yeah. in, in certain spaces. I would say, I mean, it's both. I mean, in Australia, I think it was more cocktail whiskey bars that had some small plates. Okay. Um, so drinking first, if anything, the eating second. But yes. there, it doesn't really matter. They're so foodie-centric and, mm. like, great. They want to, They want the mouth pleasure of everything like that's they're just that's what their their city is their city is about we want the best food we want the best whiskey we want the best beer we want the best wine um and kind of combining that in so many different experiences uh so one place i'm really that i saw juice a lot i believe it did not have food if they had food it was very small plates uh, if i can if i'm thinking correctly um and then juice were all from local companies gotcha yeah um but uh i was just in yeah in san diego there was a bar that kind of did, they did a couple of juice and sangria cocktails. I think juice was in sangria as yep. well. Oh, sure. Um, Absolutely. But I think a certain juice was, they were using it in there. Okay. And it was also a restaurant too. But nice. it was a really nice bar. It's kind of based on a very popular bar in Cuba. Um, oh. Yeah. So it's a really well-known cocktail bar there. It's kind of like definitely attracting that style when it, with cool. the aesthetic and um, the big bar, a rounded bar, or a horseshoe-shaped bar that goes yeah, all the way around. Like that hotel, old school hotel. Yes, yeah. You feel, like, you feel like you're like in an outdoor spot in Havana. Nice. Yeah, so, or uh, Florita, is that what you say? Florita. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were right. All right. Were right. I rolled the R pretty well on that one. Go. Yeah, that R now rolled. Now we can't go to Cuba right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was um, yeah, it was definitely like there, it was, they're probably trying to create the cocktail using juice and probably doing food pairings, I think, okay. too, especially if you're sitting at the bar. Sure. Um, and be able to talk to, like, they had three or four bartenders because it's a pretty big bar, so it was really nice you could actually have that conversation with the bartender. Yeah. I mean, I was there selling and then also, like, drinking and talking to them, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of had, like, the both best of both worlds. That's cool. Yeah. That I think it really depends cool. on just the bar itself, but kind of getting back to, like, what I noticed cultural differences when it came to drinking and things that, like, could hopefully approach in the United States. I think Boilermakers are such a huge approach. And places yeah. like Dry Hop that have, it's a brewery first. Mm-hmm. It has food, really great food, um, especially for, for like a neighborhood bar area. And then they have a great whiskey selection. They always have since the day that I started drinking craft whiskey basically because of that bar. Basically there. Yeah. I mean, they had like Journeyman, Cobalt, back, mm-hmm. this is six years ago. Um, and couldn't find craft whiskey for like a that good of a price yeah. you couldn't find it that much either um all over the place like, i remember I, when i started drinking balconies that was because i was in texas for work and like i was i, I got a beer and actually guy I said hey have you ever tried this have you heard of this if you're drinking this local beer have you tried this local whiskey Interesting. yeah so i actually kind of had a little bit of a boilermaker there <laughs> down in dallas right. without you know yeah like, you know hey i just had a boilermaker i think in a way kind of <laughs> i think I'm, i can't remember the actual um approach or I guess the order of uh, drinks I had them in, but maybe um, it <laughs> wasn't had, Boilermaker. You had one. I had them the same night. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely possible of like, hey, let's 
get a really good IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what IPA do you want to drink or what whiskey do you want to drink? And then mm-hmm. choose a beer selection with it. And with here, I think we have the affordability to do it. Everything's very expensive in Australia. Um, our right. dollar goes a little bit longer there. Okay. But also, you can't find a pint of crap beer for less than $12. U.S.? Uh, AUD. AUD. Yeah. So, wow. um, but at the same time, they have pots. So, they have pints and pots. I think a pot's 10 ounces, I want to say. Okay. I can't really remember because it's all in milliliters. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Pot. pot, yeah. Can I get but a like, pot? There's so many bars here that they do 10-ounce pours. You know, you can do a 5-ounce pour. So yeah. it's like you get a nice 5-ounce pour, you, you get a nice it. ounce of whiskey, mm-hmm. and try them together. And, like, if you can do it at that price, maybe those two um, sizes, the price might only be, like, $12, $13. True. This is very true. And then that way you can actually try, like, a good local spirit. And it'd be awesome mm. if you could try to pair them together too with like a local Chicago whiskey, a local mm. Chicago beer, or like a Midwest style, something like that. I hear yeah. I think also too is like what I took from there um, in Australia speaking is the pride of which they want to represent everything Australia um, when it comes to certain bars, beer bars, mm-hmm. spirits bars, cocktail bars. They want you, they, they love Japanese whiskey, they love scotch there, single malts um, is huge there. They love gin as well, but they also want to say like, hey, here's something that's local and I'll make cocktails with this for you and really represent it. So I was kind of like, I had the idea. I was like, I need to come back to the States and start an all Midwestern bar. Yeah. (laughs) Like you can't do it on the Chicago level. There's not enough distilleries. Um, There's not enough. There's not breweries for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, within a one mile radius. I'll probably stay absent of the the Midwest wine, but... um, Maybe Michigan. Michigan might take on some wine from Michigan. But that's about it. Not you, Iowa. Not you, Iowa. <laughs> Stick the corn. <laughs> Stick the beans. Hey, corn's in, corn yeah. is important for but us. But America needs farmers. Shout out to you. Shout out farmers. Um, having a hard time right now with all these floods. But uh, yeah, they can't plant. Man. Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's a terrible situation right now. Um, too much rain. But um, who'd have ever thought that? Too yeah, much right. Rain. Yeah, usually it's the opposite. It's like we need some rain. We're not yeah. going to get our crops in on time. But now it was just way too much. I mean, I I walk around the neighborhood when I leave the crib, you know, to hit the market and every morning, and I just love how lush everything is yeah. and green, and fresh. You know, absolutely. But then, that's kind of rude on my part because I forget about how it affects everyone else. You know. Yeah, can for sure. Hence our farmers, you know. Hence our farmers. So it sucks. Yeah, no, and just kind of um, getting back uh, onto what well, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, we should start like a local, I like guess, Midwest spirits bar and like yeah. represent everything Midwest and do something simplistic when it came to food, like just small little things, like make, make the best just bacon, bacon or something. Like that. Yeah, I like to do that. Fucking I'll, bacon. My idea was like make the best possible um, cheese curds. No pizza. Oh. But it's like a little toaster oven pizza. But like get like a really, <laughs> but like so you don't have to get like, like a, a whole Stouffer's on yeah, French bread yeah, type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but like, but get like, <laughs> like, like actually work with chefs. Yeah. Like get like the best little toaster you can possibly have without getting have to get a kitchen license and all that stuff. So uh, it's like you okay. put on I top of the bar like and put, pizzas and shit. Yeah, like yeah, that. exactly. But like, how do I make it so it's like really good? Hmm. And not like I'm I'm coming here so people spend like twenty bucks on a pizza, but I want yeah. them to have like I want them to have really great spirits, and I also want them to have like a really good just like table food. Yeah, nothing like fancy, nothing like that at all. Would you want a menu or it's no. like, hey, today we're having yeah. this? it's like hey, that's we it. got we got like cheese sausage pizza. Yeah, uh, okay, that's, that's, all, that's all we got. That's all we got today. Yeah, uh, you I can, can have it with uh, your beer. I, you can have or, it with your or eyeball. do you want some like like 
like a cheesy bread instead or something like, yeah. just something like you can do with like a, three things but yeah. all in the same oven and all the same ingredients okay cool I yeah. like that I yeah. like that idea that I hate the thought of having a fucking full menu no 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 no. The menu is like on the board There's a, there is no menu yeah. it's like there's a little oven right here and right above there's can a little, I see a menu you're yeah. looking at it you're what do you at, want yeah what do you want yeah <laughs> <laughs> Experience menu? Yes, because yes. I would have a love to have a whole catalog of whiskeys, yeah. beers, gins, everything you possibly think of, maybe some Michigan wine, and <laughs> um, have that on there where it's like, hey, this is a full this is a full bar dedicated to the Midwest, yeah. and we call it no West is best. We call it no cusp, no coast punk, no coast punk. <laughs> Actually, like that. Well, it's actually it's a, I, I kind of stole it. So, <laughs> okay. um, I, I think I still like have the sticker. The sticker is probably traveled with me for. I'm gonna guess 17 years. No shit. Yeah. So, always with like punk music. It was always West Coast punk, East Coast punk. Yeah. Well, in Iowa, which there was a punk scene, believe it or not, um, these local bands called bunch it. Of, they called it No Coast punks. Punk. No Coast Punk. Yeah. I like. That. And it was uh, one of my brother's friends' bands and stuff, and they had like some great names too. Their bands' names, but it was all about like, hey, this is. This is who we are. Like we're in Iowa, it. we make we make music too. That's um, fucking cool shit. So, I really it, do. Yeah, that, and so like I was no coast always stuck in my head as a Midwest kid. Yeah, and then I was like, well, I mean, we probably wouldn't call it punk because it wouldn't make any sense to a restaurant or a bar. But uh, at yeah. least I would still call it no coast. I mean, yeah, I dig it though. Yeah, I really do. I mean, because I mean, I think you're onto something. Maybe we can make, make some merch and say no coast parentheses no coast. punk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because we have North Coast. Uh, the Zoom. North Coast of Beach Fest oh, at yeah. the end of each of uh, of the summer. Yeah, North Coast, which is yeah. I mean, we have Lake a co- Michigan. Yeah, we're on a coast, but, but it's a lake. It's, it's a lake. It's a fucking you know, sea. A but fu- let's, let's yeah, be honest I mean, with what it is. It looks like a fucking ocean. That's yeah. for sure. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, I think you're onto something. Yeah, maybe. I dig. I really do dig it. I mean, it'd be. I really do. Dig it'd be it. something like fun to do. I mean, I don't want to start a bar because it just yeah. <laughs> this city. <laughs> Fun stuff. Um, no, it's 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 something that would be kind of fun to do. I think it'd be just amazing to see a whole bar dedicated though to everything Midwest. I think yeah. we have so much stuff going on here. I mean, like obviously, like it'd be like think about like it's the, the people that we know in our lives that yeah. are Chicago brands or represent brands in the Midwest here in Chicago. Um, and this comes from a guy representing an Australian whiskey. Still, <laughs> no, I mean, there's, there's no, but my roots are based in the Midwest. I mean, you're, obviously. yeah, you're, you're a true Midwest kid. Yeah, I mean, I even still like go out there and you know, like if someone asked me about like Chicago, where I'm from, and asked me about like Few or Koval yeah. or um, any like local breweries, it's always like, yeah, they're awesome. Like, yeah. support them. They're only growing. They're going to be better and um, do better things in the future. I always shout out Journeyman. Like, yeah. They're my dudes. Um, so yeah, it's all, it's mad out there. Yeah. It's like yeah, Good definitely dude. all about like, hey, you're you're selling this company, but where are you from? Yeah. Don't forget where you're from. Never forget where you're from. Yeah. And that's where like my approach with like even like an owner of our company is all about too. It's like. So how do you, speaking on that, something just came to mind, and I apologize if it doesn't come out clear. Um, let's <laughs> take for arse. instance, yeah, roll my arse. Um, don't forget where you're from. So we have fans of Beam. We mm-hmm. have fans of makers. We have fans of all the Kentucky old boys, right? Yeah. And how many of those are owned by an international conglomerate? All of them. So do you consider it still pure and and yeah. it's still rooted? Their approach. Their approach is that. I mean, their, that, their approach is all based around. Um, what got us to the table? I mean, it's a lot like mm-hmm. it's a lot with my company. So what, you're separating business from tradition or story. 
Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, because a lot of the like the Beam Centauri merger, it was necessary for for Beam at the time um, financially. I think. Oh well, yeah, because there was nothing being sold. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was. It was, on mean, the, it was back on the rise, but I mean, yeah. this is only three, four years ago. So there's definitely. I mean, yeah. Beam White Label is being sold. Black Label, I think, I'm sure we're still doing well. Okay. I'm sure people were. I'm sure Bookers and Bakers were still doing well too. But um, Bakers is one that you kind of lose track of. You do. I mean, it is. It's not like. I, I mean, it's also just because. Baker wasn't as notable, I think it's Booker, um, as a person. Well, Baker was more silent about it. Booker uh, made it a point. He's like, don't fuck with from me, From the Bookers. stories I've heard, uh, <laughs> nothing was silent about Baker, really? but I'll leave it at that <laughs> for another time. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, my grandpa and him got in some trouble, it sounds like, back in the day. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was uh, – I think it, it is. You have to separate the story and the financial status of a company. Um, it's a lot with, like – like a larger company owns or is a part, not owns, but is a part of Starward and Westward's development. Mm-hmm. And with that, they leave us alone. They let us do what we do best. Mm-hmm. Make great spirits. Go tell your story. We're going to be there in like the financial stake of it all, gotcha. obviously, because it's an investment. But at the same time, we're investing in you because we believe in what you do. Mm-hmm. Everyone, people wouldn't invest in companies or join companies if they didn't believe in it. I, just, I don't think so. But, no, but I you, agree. But you, I you, mean, you, you hope so many, that that's the case. Yeah, but you hear so many bands, so many writers and actors talk about like, oh yeah, we like signed this big deal, and then like our music didn't become our music, or our TV show didn't become our TV right, show. Right. But I don't think that's the case with whiskey. You have to, you have, you have to give what your clientele wants or has experienced over the years. You can't just like all of a sudden change Jim Beam. I mean, no, no. people go back. Well, to, these are these are century old brands yeah. you know or or older that yeah. we're talking about i'm talking about more like the small batch distillery oh okay you know where you know you g- instant rabbit hole yeah they just got what a good portion of them got uh purchased mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. you know and they just completed a 15 million dollar you know, project. I, I have no idea what their business plan was, but maybe that was so their whole. Is that process. the plan? Yeah, maybe it was the plan. Maybe it was the plan you know. to like make a really good product and then get it out there and then get bought out. You know, um, I just think it's hard. I mean, like every company's different. Every company has their. But the, is the vision? But here's here's yeah. here's my point. Because and again, I don't know the whole story behind the the rabbit hole deal. Yeah. But Harrison being one of their first brand ambassadors mm-hmm. in Chicago for them. Um, no longer with I'll, him. No, no longer with him. Um, this is how we gotten to know Rabbit Hole and whatnot. Yep. Um, did they purposely set foot or start or plant root in Kentucky because of the tradition that yeah. follows Kentucky straight bourbons and or Kentucky whiskey, period? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, with I, the point, it was like, I got Kentucky on my side. Mm-hmm. We're Kentucky-based. And then when it comes to possibly in the bigger pictures to get purchased by a larger conglomerate yeah, so that we can go national or any, hence even international, then spend $15 million for a new distillery. I mean... Maybe. I mean, maybe they wanted to... It sounds I don't like know. there's some intent there. Probably. I mean, probably. Purpose. I, I, I don't really know. I just, I, I think the It'd owner... It'd be different if we you and I started something for $2 million. Was their owner from Kentucky? Honestly, I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know yeah. all the... I mean, like, I know, like, with Peerless, like, that's you know. their roots is Kentucky. So, like, they want to do everything in Kentucky. In Kentucky. And, like, I mean, they seem like they're kind of, like, sticking true to everything they do. Correct. I mean, like, <laughs> they're correct. I, the people I've met there, I've met their master distiller, mm-hmm. um, awesome people, genuine people. So, I don't know. I guess it depends on every company. I mean, we worked for a company uh, here in Chicago where you think, like, 
hey, like someone's going to come up and eat up this company. But like, no, we want to expand this thing into like yeah. out to the world ourselves. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, you know, you never, you just, I think it's the biggest thing is I think if you're not genuine as a company, people will eventually see through you. Okay. And that's, that's obvious. That's, and that's where that's, it's fair to be said. Cause yeah, you can say that because, about an individual. Um, when it this, comes to yeah, but when it comes to an actual business transaction, mm-hmm. you know, and a number is put in front of you. Well, I mean, look at how I, much I, of that number do you have control of? It, I don't know. I mean, it's it's details for such other other people to talk about. But what, just, I, what I can say is that you look at, at Beam, for example, example um, with Centauri. You still have Fred and Freddie out there mm-hmm. being the ambassadors of the company, of Beam, of mm-hmm. Bookers, of Little Book, um, everything representing the company of what their family built. That foundation was their heritage, and they're continuing that. Mm-hmm. They're doing it in new styles. They're doing it in new expressions, but it's all based and rooted in Jim Beam. It's not Centauri. They love, the, uh, from what everything I know, they love the, the merger with that. They tried Legend with the, doing the master the blending Legend. together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about, I think for them, it's still sticking to their roots. Okay. And they're being genuine of like, Freddie is doing, honoring his grandfather's tradition of right. making whiskey and calling it, you know, Little Book now. Right. And it's based all, all off of, hey, this is my grandfather. This is my heritage. This is who we are as a company. I wanted to come back and continue that legacy. Right. Um, they're being true. I don't know if other companies are. I don't even know for them. I just, I just they're out there actually being spokespeople for their, their companies. Yeah. And the same could be job. said about the Russells. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Absolutely. You know, same could Whole family's invested. I mean, Russells, like, yeah, yeah they're, uh, um, it's Bruce. I think it's Bruce. Um, he's their brand ambassador, American brand ambassador. Guys, guys out there for like 300 days a year yeah. traveling, representing the brands, telling the story of his grandfather. And at the end of the day, that's what we do. We tell stories. Yeah, we tell stories. And it's the stories that we love. It's the companies that we work for. There's for a reason for that too. And, mm-hmm. The best thing we can do is just tell an honest story of, hey, this is our whiskey. Taste it. Here's the background of it. Here's the, not background. Here's the story here's of it. Here's the story. And this is why we drink it. This is why we yeah. sell it. This is why we want to continue to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, other companies, I don't know if we can really speak forward to it, but it's kind of a, it's why we're in this industry, though. It is. It is. It, it just, um, I guess you see a lot of things happening. You know, you go to the, you go to your local, you know, shops and whatnot. It's more like, mm. you know, everyone's. Still goes for that handle. Still goes for this. Yeah. and you know I'm not saying. But that's why there's people like Megan and Bitter Pops. Yeah, that's why we go to there. That's, that's why, why we. we go go, that's why we've always said like we'll go pay that. No ex- offense to those guys. No, we no, still no, no, do no, really no, no, good no, no. business with them, and we it's still just, buy from them, and we still buy from them. It's just you know I, I. I guess I wish people were more excited about something new than we are. I think they are. I think people or are. Are they afraid? I, do you think we're afraid? I think we have to keep just doing our job. That's true. That's, that's, why, that's, why, we, that's why we're hired. That's why we get paid. Yeah, that's why we get paid is to keep telling <laughs> these stories um, and doing podcasts like this, unsponsored podcasts like this. Unsponsored. Uh, there you go. Um, but no, it's just, uh, I think it's kind of, I think people are, I think people will. We've seen this um, boom over the last decade or so, and it seems to be only growing. Um Places like Bitter Pops will only keep telling the stories of us. I mean, their their place it's literally a um, it's almost it's almost like an arena for us to go there and share our stories and tell people and for them to continue it because they believe they have us on the shelf because they don't have me, but they've had brands I've worked for in the past because they believe in what you're telling and yeah. believe in what you're selling and believe what's inside the bottle or can. 
And that's all we can really ask for people to keep supporting us like that. And hopefully the consumers will follow suit. Hopefully. Well, um, that was a good little uh, morning podcast. To finally, as we're finishing up the construction outside yeah, my construction window, stopped. literally stop. Like, <laughs> so if you're hearing a buzzing in the background this entire time, they're fixing the sewers <laughs> on my street. Um, but uh, you know what? We'll be back next week um, with, yeah. Catherine, with Catherine from Few. Um, we'll, be, we'll be back in the International Recording Studios known as Beguile. Um, up there drinking some beer, sipping on some Few whiskey probably, Yoss. I bet. Yeah, definitely. Um, and all that good stuff. Um, Wilson, you are at 312 Made yes. um, on Instagram. It's where you can mostly find all of his stuff. And also Union Horse Distilling Co. Co. Um, check them out. Have their spirits. It's all great stuff. Uh, you can also find me at uh, Tracking. No, I'm not at Tracking Jake not anymore. Tracking Jake I'm just anymore. Jake just Hookie. Jake I'm just Jake Hookie. That's just who I am. Also, you can find <laughs> us at Keen the Lake and KeenTheLake.com uh, for some stories, photos, and all that good stuff. And listen to all of our podcasts and everything. Um, the previous 20 episodes, because this is our 21st episode. Is it really? Yeah, we're going Sammy Sosa on this shit. Holy shit, it's 21? <laughs> yeah, and I will, Sammy Sosa, always my favorite cub. No matter, no matter if you're a white man now. <laughs> and, that's, and that's ended on that, folks. Uh, Cheers we'll, to we'll that. We'll see you next time. Cheers. <laughs>